Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Hello and welcome. That's right, this is Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, and you are listening to Transformational Energy Leadership coming to you from the heartland of America. Now, I encourage you over those commercial breaks, during the course of the show, go to my website, that's transformationalenergyleadership.com, learn more about me and my business offerings, and email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. I love getting your comments and, and questions and, and thoughts. And of course, you can find me on this platform, Voice America, under the Empowerment Channel, and I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay, we are talking about conflict because it's simply inevitable. If you interact with other people, you're going to have conflict one way or another, whether it be at work, at home, or in life. It just happens. And let's face it, conflict can be good. It's got its merits. If everyone is involved and feels embraced and valued and respected, the results can be quite phenomenal. On the other hand, the thought of conflict may send you running away and simply avoiding it at all costs. And for my constant listeners out there, you've heard me talk about this in the past. And that's what this show is about because we're talking about leadership and all leaders out there need to embrace conflict so that your organization, albeit your company, a community organization, your family can achieve optimal outcomes. And so we are in good company today, my friends, because our guest, her name is Dr. Jennifer Goldman Wetzler, but she goes by Jen, and she has a book that just hit the shelves this week, and it's called Free Yourself from Conflict at Work, Home, and in Life, Optimal Outcomes, and it's just out, so we're in for a really good discussion today. Here's a little bit more about Jen. She is the founding principal of the New York-based consulting firm. It's called Alignment Strategies Group, where she counsels CEOs and their teams on how to achieve optimal organizational health and growth, specializing in innovative technology, healthcare, and financial and professional services organizations. She's also a speaker. She's got a TEDx talk out there that you can download. And she's graduated with honors from Tufts University and has a PhD in social organizational psychology from Columbia University. So let's get going. Jen, welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here with you. I'm excited to have you. I, I know you just had a book release last night, so we are quite timely today. And I have to ask you, as a researcher myself, when I think of all the topics in the world, conflict, what what drew you to conflict? <laughs> yes, well, it begins from a very young age. So my, and really from my family history, my father's parents escaped Nazi Europe. Uh, tragically leaving behind family that they would never see again. And this came with the baggage that you would expect, lifelong pain and grief. Um, and like many immigrants of their generation, they were not, they didn't have access to people who could help them process their feelings. And so for my grandfather in particular, that pain came out in anger and in rage. Um, and, you know, this is intergenerationally passed down from my grandfather to my father and to me and my brother. Um, so that was, you know, my experience from one side of my family. And then on the other side of my family was my grandma Florence. And she was what I now call a conflict whisperer. Just by her very presence or the mm. sound of her voice, she could calm everyone else down. And so I think it was the juxtaposition of growing up in a family with a lot of screaming and door slamming um, and having Grandma Florence there to help us all calm down was what really led me to have an interest in this field in the first place. And then, of course, I learned about it in college and went on to go uh, work in the field and study from there. Mm. Thank you for that. And so it's it's something very personal to you, and uh, and I appreciate you giving us more context about that. You know, in your book, and I, I read it, so terrific book, and I, when 
you introduce in the very beginning, you talk about this concept called a conflict loop and how people get stuck in that. And it sounds like you have some personal experiences there as well. Talk more about what you mean about conflict loop. Sure. So when I got to graduate school, I studied with the man who is considered to be widely uh, the, the father of conflict resolution, Mort Deutsch. And he had written a book based on many years of his own research and other people's research that basically showed conflict begets conflict and cooperation begets cooperation. And so when I learned this, I thought to myself, well, how in the world are you supposed to get off of that conflict loop and get onto the cooperation loop if, it, if conflict just begets more conflict? So through my own research over the last 13-plus years, what I have discovered is that there are conflict habits that keep us stuck on that conflict loop. And our conflict habits interact with other people's conflict habits to form a pattern of interaction that keeps us stuck on that loop. And we just go around and around and around. And so the whole key is to figure out how can we do something different? How can we stop relying on that conflict habit and do something different instead to break the pattern that we've gotten in with, with other people? And that's how, mm. we, that's how we initially break free from the conflict loop, and then there's other work that we can talk about in a little while to help us actually uh, free ourselves from the loop entirely and get onto an optimal outcomes loop instead. Uh, and would you say those those habits they really come to the fore when our amygdala gets hijacked, or you know when our we're just yes. so fired up, right? That's that's when the the habits just kick in. Yes, that's exactly right. So habits like blaming and yelling at other people, or mm. shutting down in the face of recurring conflict, or blaming and shaming ourselves. Right? These are mm-hmm. things that we do just like you're describing. Our amygdala gets hijacked, and it's just the default reflex that we have. Um, for some of us, a hab- the fourth habit that I talk about is relentlessly collaborate. So this is a little bit counterintuitive, but if we've learned from a very young age or if we have to collaborate in order to get our work done in the world, which so many of us do these days, we can actually habitually collaborate to the point where it becomes unhelpful because when other people are not willing to cooperate with us, we waste valuable time, energy, resources, money, et cetera, trying to collaborate with someone who's just not interested. Mm. Right. And you'll never get to an optimal outcome <laughs> as, as your that's right. title of your book. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's right. So that's why the whole key to the process of optimal outcomes method is about what can I do that would be different? How can I break this pattern? Yes, and get out of that. We, we so easily go into that survival mode. And that's what I, I, it sounds like you're describing is we're trying to survive. And so we have these behaviors. And I naturally also say I interact with anger with you because that's how I want to survive or, or avoid, like mm-hmm. you just said. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really appreciate how in your book you describe the difference. There's a difference here about placing priority more on conflict freedom over conflict resolution. And we hear conflict resolution as the phrase, you know, in so many different circles, mm-hmm. academia and what have you. But what do you really mean? What's the difference here between conflict freedom and resolution? Mm-hmm. So I should, uh, before I even answer that specific question, I will say, I see this whole book, this whole method as disrupting the conflict resolution industry. Mm. So there really is a difference here. So conflict resolution says that conflicts can be resolved by meeting your own and other people's interests in a way that allows all people to win in this situation. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that sometimes our attempts to resolve conflict have failed so many times that trying to quote unquote solve them becomes a completely futile exercise. So when that happens, when you've tried and you've tried or someone else has tried and tried and it, like nothing's changing, that's where conflict freedom comes in. So what is conflict freedom? It helps us, first of all, stop trying to resolve something that has shown itself to be unresolvable. Uh, 
And instead, it shows us how to methodically free ourselves from the mindsets, from the emotions, behaviors that have gotten us stuck in the first place. And it helps us achieve optimal outcomes, which take into account both the reality of the constraints that we're facing, as well as our imagined best case scenario. So optimal outcomes may sometimes be different from what we originally thought that we wanted, but they tend to be much more satisfying than we ever imagined we could achieve. Mm. And wouldn't you say the the conflict resolution piece, those are really the foundations of negotiation skills, right? The trying to find an agreement that we both win-win. And I really, when I read this in your book, I thought, thank you. You're helping me realize that sometimes it's just not, you just can't get to a place where both of us are, you know, at peace or, you know, where we can move forward. And it's okay to let go. And I like that. Yes, yeah. that's such an important piece of this work is to recognize. And I think, again, it's because the last 40 years we've made so much progress. You know, when win-win negotiation first came onto the scene in the early, in the late 70s, early 1980s, it was this revolutionary idea because we had mm-hmm. been treating negotiation prior to that as a win-lose scenario. And so the idea that we could collaborate with other people, help other people get what they want while we also got what we want at the same time as building our relationships with other people, that was so helpful. And it continues to be helpful. And I think 40 years in, what has happened is that we've taken it to the extreme and some of us can't let go of the idea that we should be able to work things out. And Mm -hmm. it is so important to sometimes say, you know, the costs I'm going to pay for walking away from this situation or this person are going to be lower than the costs that I'm paying by staying stuck in a Mm -hmm. constant conflict loop with this person. Right. And like you said, it's 40 years. It's the, the research needs to keep evolving and realizing we're dealing with Mm -hmm. human beings here. Right. (laughs) Um, right. We are, we're at a commercial break. And when we come back, Jen, I'm really eager to have you share with the listening audience out there steps that we can start taking to break the conflict loop that we've been talking about up to this point. So for everyone out there over this commercial break, go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com and check out my coaching and consultative services. We'll see you back here in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Take a closer look at yourself in the present. Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts, and set your own course. Host Dee Lee is here to be your external guide to this discovery. Take a break, a mindful space to pause, and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves. Listen live for Mindful Space to Pause every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in every week for Inspired Chi Radio with A.J. Johnsack and Tracy Sanginetti. Do you sometimes feel like you have no direction? Every one of us is a soul with a body, not the other way around. Discover your talent and purpose. Tracy and A.J. help you create your most authentic life and master your powerful, positive energy using modalities like hypnosis, tarot, and your own individual Akashic Records. Join us live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world.
You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Jennifer Goldman-Wetzler, the author of her book called Optimal Outcomes, and we're talking about conflict today. And in the first section, or first segment, rather, Jen introduced us to what she calls the conflict loop and the difference between conflict freedom versus conflict resolution. So, Jen, I have to ask you, you advocate mapping out the conflict as the first step to breaking free out of all of this. What exactly does this proactive or this practice involve? What this involves is starting with a blank piece of paper or a blank screen. And in fact, people can go online at optimaloutcomesbook.com slash map, and you'll find this very cool online mapping software that you can use, um, as well as a paper and pencil template. And you with instructions about exactly what I'm about to tell you. So you start by putting down the most obvious people that are involved in the situation that you have in mind. So if you're in a situation with yourself and your mother, you put down me and mom. But then you can't stop there. What you want to do is put down people who might be less obviously involved. So it might be in the case of myself and my mom, I'm adding my husband, my kids, my father, my brother, grandmother, aunt, uncle, cousins, and all of a sudden the picture becomes a little more complex. Um, And I encourage people to really be creative. Put anything on your map that seems like it might be relevant to the situation. So not just people, but also background, history, where did people grow up, who were influences on them. And you want to be thinking about what is the situation that I'm in and put things on the map that, are, that could be potentially relevant to that situation, either influencing the situation or influenced by the situation. And you can put things in the present, past, and future. You can put colors on your map. You can put X's and hearts to show relationships that aren't doing so well and relationships that do have love, loving parts to them. Anything that will help you tell the story of the situation in a different way than you've already been thinking about it in the past. And then the final step here is to take a step back and look at your map. Observe it. What story does it tell? Mm. And what insight might you glean from looking at this map? Mm-hmm. Typically, the, this exercise really brings out aha moments for people, some insight. Um, and it helps us uh, generate empathy for other people in a very powerful way, particularly when we ask ourselves what might be some influencing factors for this person in this situation. So when I put my mother on my map when I, I was dealing with a conflict with my mom and I put her background, she grew up in 1950s Brooklyn, where love was certainly present in her family, but it wasn't always so clearly articulated. And when I got that, that that was the nature of where the time and place that she grew up, it was much easier for me to understand some of the things that she had been saying and doing uh, in our relationship. And it didn't take away the hurtfulness of that, but it did help at least explain why she might be doing what she was doing. And that helped me free myself very much from that situation. Mm. And for everyone listening out there, too, what you just described there, Jen, really helps us with that concept of being empathetic. And what you just described is putting yourself in other shoes, trying to understand the perspective of where they're coming from into this conflict that we're having. I also liked in your book, because I might have some listeners out there thinking, well, how does this apply to business? Or, you know, I'm I'm dealing with an organization and I've got this employee or person that I'm dealing with. And I really liked how you gave an example in your book about you do the same exact thing. You put yourself, you put the person that you have in conflict. And then I liked how you had, there might be some suppliers or vendors or clients that are impacted. So it very much works no matter the setting. Yeah. I think it's 
Absolutely. This, and mapping in particular is super helpful in situations that are particularly complex because we, when we get stuck in conflict, we often narrow our focus. And so we think it's just about me and my head of sales or me and my CEO or me and my manager. When actually, when we take a wider angle lens view on the situation, we realize we are embedded inside of the sales organization or inside the executive team, which interacts with the board, which interacts with the research and development team. And each of those teams has particular subcultures associated with them or influences on them. Um, and, and gosh, there's, we start to really be able to map out the complexity and we see, oh, I thought it was my manager just being a jerk. But now I realize, hmm, Maybe my manager is having some pressure on her, which is leading her to act the way that she is or tell me what she's telling me. And so, again, it doesn't take away the pain or the hurtfulness of what she's been doing, but it does at least help me understand the situation in a different way and why she might be doing what she's doing, which raises my empathy for her, takes away some of the sting and the, 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 the hard energy there. Mm-hmm. It makes it a lot easier for me to do my work every day. It sure does. Yes. And it, boy, the ripple effects. I mean, um, I'm sure all of us, as we're thinking about this conversation our conversation and reflecting on it, we can all think back to two people in the office or two people in our community or at our church or synagogue or, or family. When those two are in the same room, how it just changes the temperature and climate of the environment that you're in. And mm-hmm. uh, what you're saying, it's just like, okay, let's take this practical approach and step back. There was something else that I really appreciated you put in your book. And I, I always say one of the best lines I got when I was getting my doctorate was, think about this, that words create worlds. And you make that point mm-hmm. in your book and you say, when we when we call this conflict, that in and of itself conjures up some thoughts in our heads. And would you mind talking a little bit about reframing that or, you know, when we say the word conflict. Yes. Yes, words do create worlds. And particularly when we're using words that have the power to name a situation, like to call it a conflict or to call someone um, my opponent Mm. versus using words like, this is a situation that I'm dealing with, or this is my colleague, or this is my co founder, or this is my friend, or this is my sister. Um, Those are very different words from, you know, that jerk Mm -hmm. (laughs) or my opponent. Uh, And they really do have an impact. And, you know, I started doing this, I think, not even so consciously when I would be sitting with clients in, say, a three-way conversation where I'm, my work is to help them have a conversation that they haven't been able to have because it's hard to have direct conversations. And so I'll sit there with them. And I noticed just my offering them language that they could use with each other that takes away some of, some of this thing just helps make that conversation slightly easier. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. take away all the difficultness of the difficulty of it, but it does make those conversations easier. And so for ourselves as well, um, pay attention to, to the language that you use and see if it makes a difference for you. My, my, my hunch is that it will. Oh, I completely agree. Renaming it, such a, a key factor. All right, so let's face it, Jen. The undercurrent here for a lot of us, I think, thinking about conflict and, or the situation that we're in is anger is present. And it typically escalates in different situations, whoever it is that you're interacting with. And as most of us know, that comes from a painful experience. So how can anger and other underlying emotions also be used as tools to break out of conflict? That's such a powerful question. So anger and any other emotion can be both used destructively or as a catalyst for constructive change. So if we think about the leaders of nonviolent protest movements, for example, like Rosa Parks and Gandhi and Nelson Mandela, they didn't ignore their anger. They used it to inspire and engage social change. But you don't 
have to be an activist to use your anger or any other emotion in your own favor. What you do need to do to do that is just to acknowledge it. Acknowledge that it's there in the first place. Identify it. Notice, wow, I feel angry. That's the first step. The -hmm. second step is to ask, what is that emotion trying to tell me? What is the message it's trying to send me? So anger typically is telling us something in this situation is not right. It's not fair. And for sure, with the um, activists that I talked about earlier, Rosa Parks and Gandhi, they heard that message, right? There's something unjust in the world. And instead of them hearing that message and then doing something destructive based on it, what they did was they said, I hear the message, there's something unjust, something not right, something not fair, and I'm going to use my action in a constructive way to make a change here. So I encourage us all to ask ourselves, based on the message that I'm hearing, what would be a constructive pattern-breaking action that I could take? So instead of, if I normally yell at other people when I feel angry, then my job is to pause and see if I can help my amygdala <laughs> calm down, <laughs> right? not get hijacked, Breathe. help myself calm down, <laughs> breathe. <laughs> and of course, it helps to have a practice of breathing so that when I'm in the moment and I am being hijacked, I have much better access to the ability to breathe and notice what's happening in the moment. So if I normally yell at people, then my task is what else could I do instead? How else could I, what constructive pattern-breaking action could I take instead? Mm -hmm. I could have a direct conversation. I could calm down. I could go take a walk around the block. I could know that this situation is not going away, so I don't have to respond in this moment. I could ask to take a break. There's, um, you know, other ways to respond. Then going straight into yelling. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So taking, taking that pause is so fundamental to... Just rebooting yourself, getting yourself back to yeah the the state where you have access to both parts of your brain. So time is flying, and there's something in your book that you really you hone in on, and that's the power of values that I bring in, that you bring into our interaction with each other. And we've got to take a break here. So when we come back, I want us to dive into this a little bit more about what you you term there two different types of values at play: ideal and shadow values that fundamentally influence the way that we behave. So let's take a break here. When we we come back, Jen, let's dive into this. So for everyone out there listening, go to my website and we will see you back here on the other side in just a couple of minutes. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 
1111 Talk Radio is every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back, and my guest today is Jen, who has written a book all about conflict called Optimal Outcomes. Now, Jen, before the break, we, I did a little of a tease, a little bit of a tease about how values factor into the conflicts that we have with others. And you made a really terrific point in your book about there are two different values at play here, what you call ideal and shadow values. And I'd love for you to share more about what your your thoughts are about those and why we need to honor them when we are in conflict. Sure. So our ideal values are those things that we really care about in life that we're proud to say we care about. Things like spirituality, healthy living, adventure, love, family. And then there are our shadow values. These are things we really care about in life that we are not proud to say that we care about to the point where we often don't even admit these values to not only don't admit them to other people, we don't even admit them to our own selves. We push them down out of conscious awareness. And yet, they're still there inside of us, and so they ooze out, and they can tend to wreak havoc on our relationships with other people and cause lots of conflict. So some examples, classic shadow values are things like status, power, recognition, financial security, competition. So the work that is helpful here is to honor those shadow values, to notice them, to recognize and acknowledge them inside of our own selves, and also potentially to actually honor and recognize them in other people, even if other people are not able to admit them to themselves, which is typically the case, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody that you're in conflict with might, you might be, you know, I've, one of the stories that runs throughout the book is about a CEO who has been blaming his head of sales for being greedy. He just can't stand that how greedy she is, that she, he's trying to, change her compensation package because he thinks it's very, it's overblown and, and too high. And she is refusing and they're fighting constantly um, until they both shut down. And all he can tell me as I'm coaching him is she's so greedy, I can't stand it. Why does she care so much about her own needs and not about what the company needs and what's best for the company? She's a co-founder. How could she not care about the company? And when he was able to acknowledge what might be behind this? Like, why might she be acting that way? Well, she may have a shadow value of financial security, that she grew up in a poor family. She's always afraid she's not going to have enough. It may not be a rational fear, but it's a fear nonetheless. And he's able, it takes, again, it's just like that mapping practice. It can take the sting out of this person's behavior. Mm-hmm. So the key, though, to honoring is, uh, shadow values for ourselves and for others is that we don't need to talk about them necessarily in order to honor them. So we can honor shadow values in words or in thoughts or in actions. So you don't necessarily need to go up to someone and say, hey, I think you have a shadow value where you, know, you need to be recognized for your achievements. Yeah, but uncomfortable. But instead... <laughs> <laughs> is say, hey, really nice job. I like what you did there, and it, 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 it made a difference. Thank you. So just recognize them and see if that helps. 
mm-hmm. um, or, you know, an action. Take them out for coffee or for lunch to thank them for a job well done. So you don't even need to say the words thank you, but recognizing them through your actions instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so this can be a very, very powerful, particularly when we honor our own shadow values. Um, and there's lots of templates and tools on the website that people can use on optimaloutcomesbook.com that people can use to identify what, what your values are because it can be hard just willy-nilly to think of, it, think of them. But there's a values inventory in the book and on the website that you can use to help and lots of instructions. Mm. And that's when I know a book is a good book because when I read that section, I you stopped me and I went, oh, it's particularly you had an, an example about riding in the car, I think, with your father and someone would pull out in front of him and he'd curse or, you know, re- responded rather mm-hmm. <laughs> angrily and yes. how that influenced you. <laughs> and I went, yeah, holy crap, that's what's going on. And then I started thinking about at work how that comes through, you know, and when we're working with others. So you really caused me to think. And so for everyone listening out there, this is a a really great thing. It's freeing in in terms of when you stop and think about what those shadow values are, because we can all sit down and go, yep, I'm hardworking. I, I appreciate perfectionism, you know, whatever your list of values, but then it's those other ones. So I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. It, it, you really impacted me in that way. I want to, before, You know, we get to the end of the show, so we've talked a lot about what conflict is and to think about mapping it and, and the loop and let's, let's and everything that plays into that. Let's talk a little bit about what we can do to get out of that. And you have this phrase in your book. It's called pattern, pattern breaking path, and that's in the third portion of your book. And share with us more about what we can do to achieve or design a pattern breaking path. Well, if you're stuck in recurring conflict, it's probably not just one action that got you stuck. It's probably been a a series, a whole complex series of actions, your own and other people's. So it's probably not just one pattern-breaking action that's going to set you free. It's going to be a set of actions that are all linked to one another, and I call that a pattern-breaking path. But there are a few different components to what makes up a pattern-breaking path. So one of them is what I just said, which is that it's a linked set of action steps. One builds on the next, and that you know they, they keep building, and they start small and build from there. This, the second piece of what a pattern-breaking path is is that you want to keep your actions simple. If Again, if you're stuck in recurring conflict, it's probably a complex situation already. You don't want to take more complex actions which have the potential to make things worse than they already are. Add complexity on top of complexity. So if you keep your actions simple, you have much more ability to track the impact of your actions and also have, those, have the effect be what you intend. Have the effect of your actions be what you intend. So you want to keep your actions simple. So for example, I once had a student in my course who was who told me that her pattern-breaking path was going to involve a family-wide intervention to help one of her brothers stop drinking. He had an alcohol problem. And she said, I'm going to call all the rest of my siblings and my parents, and we're going to sit my brother down, and we're going to have this intervention, and, like, that's going to help him stop drinking. So, you know, even as the words were coming out of her mouth, you could see the wheels turning, and she was realizing, hey, this is way too complex. This is likely to backfire. He's going to tell us that we're, um, you know, we have no ground to stand on because some of us have drinking problems ourselves, and so it's just going to backfire. So that's not what I'm talking about, right? The opposite. So she ended up starting small with a simple action, which was taking her brother, asking her brother if he wanted to go out for dinner with her and just rebuilding their relationship from there. They hadn't been talking in a long time, and eventually she was able to help him. Um, but, and he, he ended up going to AA and it had, the story has a very positive ending, but she had to start small. So start small and simple. Uh, and the second aspect of what it means to build a pattern breaking path is, um, make your actions surprisingly different than they've been before. And we've already talked a bit about this, but when you surprise other people, by doing something so different from what you've done before, it actually jolts 
them out of the way that they've been typically responding. So they will be more likely to reciprocate, right? If you act different, they're going to probably act different back because they're going to be so shocked. So if instead of yelling and blaming them, you apologize for something that's your contribution, that will, you know, typically surprise many people in a a good way. Mm -hmm. So keep your actions simple, do something surprisingly different, and have one action build upon the next. Start with yourself by reflecting on the situation. Ask yourself, what's my conflict habit? What's the pattern I'm stuck in? Reflect, and then Uh take one small action after that. And you know, and what you're talking about, this is so doable. If you really think about this, if you do your work, you start with that map in the beginning, and you, you you start mapping things out, and you take that bird's eye view and look at, okay, what can I actually do? It, it, it's all possible, and that's what I really appreciate about your approach here. One thing I want to make sure we address, I, I always talk about energy on my show. You know, as, as leaders, it's a, a you know, it's incumbent upon us to think about the energy that we bring into every situation. And, and I really believe all of us have positive, that catabolic, really growth-oriented energy in us. And we also have some of that destructive energy, that anabolic part. And we have to have both for survival as well as to have a flourishing life. And when you think about this, this space of conflict, how does one's energy factor into all of this? Well, this is all about energy. So I think about the conflict loop as it has its own energy. And what I want people to do is let that energy be there, but you free yourself from it. Mm -hmm. So that energy of that loop might be going around and around and around. And I want you to kind of remove yourself, free yourself from the loop. So you could almost imagine watching that loop go around, but you're not in it anymore. And, of course, guess what? The minute you remove yourself from the loop, it stops being a loop because Uh the loop requires two habits to engage in a pattern together, or at least two, maybe more. Mm -hmm. So if you remove yourself from the loop, your energy is completely different. You're no longer stuck in that difficult, challenging energy. You're free. And trust me, I've experienced it myself and I've seen so many clients and students go through this as well. When you free yourself from that loop, you will feel physically free, feel lighter, sighing a sigh of relief Mm. because your energy has completely changed. You're no longer stuck. The other person can do whatever they want because you're not there with them. Right. Changing that energy. And that, that makes so much sense, and that's that freedom piece you were talking about earlier, that you, once you get out of that loop, you have the choice to take actions to repair or build the relationship, or maybe it's time to sever that and, and move forward. But whatever it is, is right. to have that freedom that's, that's so freeing. So yes. awesome. Here's what we're going to do. We're at a commercial break. And so, Jen, we've talked a lot. A lot. We've really only touched the surface. There's so many things that you have in your book. But what we'll do in the final segment is, as we think about everything we've talked about here in terms of conflict, what would be the headlines for us to take away from the conversation today to shift our dynamics? And so all, everyone out there listening to, think about that one person or maybe it's a group that you're having a challenge with that – you know, that you need to do something with to move forward. So what we'll do, we'll take this break. And when we come back, Jen, we'll, we'll get our, our action steps together. So, so everyone out there, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Join host Marla Goldberg each week for guided spirit conversations. This show puts you, the listener, in touch with some exciting guests. Hear how they've helped others and find out how you can help too through Marla's charity shoutouts. Are you ready to shift your current life experience? We've got tips, tools, and techniques designed to help you get started. Guided Spirit Conversations can be heard Thursdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. 
Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hello, everyone. We're back. We're here at the end of the show. And my guest today... Jen has been sharing with us her insights about conflict and how to find a place of freedom. And over the during the break, Jen and I were talking about what we were addressing in the, that last segment, and that's that having the freedom piece of it and the energy that's engaged between two people. And, and Jen, I, I'd really like for you to share what we were talking about over the break. Yeah. The, I wanted to make sure that people know that you can free yourself whether or not you stay in the situation with the people that you're in or you walk away. It's not like it's the only way to free yourself is that you have to walk away. I wanted to clarify that from something that I said earlier, which is, you know, the last chapter in the book is all about how to decide whether you're going to walk away or you're going to stay and what costs you're going to pay for doing each of those things and, and which one's going to require you to take the most pattern-breaking action. And that's how you know which one is your optimal outcome. Um, but it is quite possible to stay in relationship with the people that you're involved with and also free yourself from that conflict loop at the same time. And the beauty of it is you don't need anyone else's cooperation in order to free yourself and, from the yes. conflict loop. And I'm so glad, yes, it, because you're right. You can still be free and still be in the situation, and that's quite powerful. Jen, here we are. As we think about the conversation that we've had this past hour, what would be the the three or four nuggets that you would really like us to take away from this conversation today about conflict? Well, first of all, when you see, when you notice that you're stuck in a recurring conflict, the best thing to start with is just notice what is your conflict habit and what are other people's conflict habits. Take your best guess. And what is the pattern that you're stuck in together? Is it blame, blame, or blame, shame, or blame, stuck, uh, blame shut down, etc.? So just notice. So often we're so busy trying to make the conflict go away or trying to resolve it in some way that simply stopping pausing and noticing what pattern we're stuck in is actually pattern breaking in and of itself. So that's the first nugget. The second thing I would want people to remember is to build a pattern breaking path. Once you discover how you're stuck, you want to ask yourself, what would it look like to do something different and how can one action build upon the next? How can I take simple and surprisingly different action in this situation. And finally, you know, the last chapter of the book is all about choosing an optimal outcome, that it is a choice that you make, and that that requires very often courage, because by nature, doing something that's pattern-breaking, that's surprisingly different, it may feel hard. 
and I want you to know if it feels hard, that's a good thing. <laughs> that mm-hmm. means you're on the right track. So don't stop if it starts to feel challenging or fear comes up. Just know that's the message that you're on the right path. You got to build up those courage muscles because courage actually um, comes up in the space of fear. If you didn't have fear, it would actually be hard to have courage. You need fear in order to have the courage to overcome the fear. So fear can be, you can think of it as a, as a good sign. If I'm feeling worried about doing this, then, I, you know, another one of the practices in the book, of course, is to think ahead and try to prevent unintended consequences. But beyond that, some fear is going to be natural and normal, and you've got to build those courage muscles to go take that pattern-breaking action and keep it simple and surprisingly different. Aha. Uh-huh. Take those words. Courage can't grow unless fear is present. That makes so much sense. So there you have it, everyone. Just notice your conflict habits, build that pattern, and it can be, it can be, or that that um, pattern breaking path rather. Yes, and and it can be done set little small actions. It doesn't have to be this gargantuan thing that you need to do, and then choose your optimal outcome. And I love how you end it there by saying it's really up to us. It's a choice that we can make, and. And we don't even need anybody else to be engaged in that choice. It's it's all yours. Right. So thank That's you great. so thank you so much, Jen, today for helping helping us think about this space of conflict. We all deal with it, personal relationships, work, and so forth, and it's applicable to all of us. And it's you've just given us a new way of viewing it. So if my listening audience would like to get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to contact you? Well, the best way is OptimalOutcomesBook.com, my website. It has a ton of resources on it. It has a conflict habits quiz and an emotion traps quiz, which we didn't even get a chance to talk about at all. So I hope people will go on there and find all the free resources that are available. Um, and then also, of course, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm at various slightly different handles, but I think if you type in Jen Goldman Wetzler, uh, you'll find me. Yes, and you can also, for everyone listening, just find her. You can contact and link through her through Voice America. So in the spirit of your grandmother, be the conflict whisperer. I really love that phrase. So yeah. for, And for everyone out there, I encourage you, if you've got a topic that you want me to do address or, or a guest to invite in the future, feel free to contact me. You can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Come to Voice America under the Empowerment Channel. And until next week, harness your positive energy, lead transformation, and I'll talk with you in the next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.